When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures for men. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast and resource devoted to discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. We're back today with Building Guardians of the Galaxy with Omnis from Omnis Protocol Part 2. That's right. So if you haven't heard last episode, Part 1 of Omnis and I building a very unique Guardians of the Galaxy roster, check it out. I think you'll be surprised. And this is Part 2 where we finalize the roster, piece down our characters, pick our tactics cards, and talk about possible matchups and threat values. We hope you enjoy it. But before we get into that, I have to thank the patrons. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy this show, consider supporting us with a monthly contribution. The Patreon makes things like these collaborations with other content creators happen. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. And a very big, exciting thank you and shout out to the patron of the week, Lance Y. Thank you, Lance. And of course, we could not do Fury's Finest without our Avenger-level producers, Zack Attack, Rusty, and Dylan. Thank you, Avengers. All right, let's jump right into this episode with Omnis. You are listening to a collaboration of Omnis Protocol and Fury's Finest. I am Charles, also known as Omnis. And I'm Jesse Aiken, the host of Fury's Finest. Awesome. We killed it. Boom. One try on that one. Perfect. How you doing, Jesse? Doing good, man. We're back. We're kind of finished our Guardians roster that we started last episode. This is very exciting because there's a lot of cliffhangers. There's a lot of really interesting three threats waiting to be chosen or not chosen. <laughs> you know, I really want to see where we go with our tack cards and then close up the episode with kind of a brief discussion on how this list is going to play and what we're going to come up against potentially. Yeah, we've got roughly like kind of 16-ish characters that we want to get in. And so we got to narrow that down because we got to like start dropping some characters off this list. And so one of the things that I like to do is run myself through like kind of a, a mini gauntlet and just kind of like build some teams based on some specific situations and see which characters I'm reaching for the most. And so okay. let's say kind of a generic team. We're playing one of our D's and our opponents chooses hammers and we're playing at 18 of any of the characters that we've talked about. What would be, what would you build for an 18 threat on one of these D's? Let's say extremist console to start. Okay. Extremist console with hammers is what you said? Yes. I think I would start with Star-Lord and Angela in particular. Yep, I agree. Because Angela can really take advantage of picking up those hammers before your opponent. And then, of course, Star-Lord's ready for the plan we spoke on last episode, which is his sort of way he's going to play two Ds on one side. Then, of course, I think we immediately add one of our affiliated threes, whether it's Groot or Drax. And then we're sitting at a decent start, right? We're We're at... Is it 14 then, right? So then we can go one of our four threats or we could go two twos at that point. 
Yep. So pretty close. I'm trying to decide. So this is where the point is, are we going to work in Hulkbuster or not? And so I'm like, if I were to build a Hulkbuster team, right? Because I'm starting with Star-Lord, Angela, I agree. And then if we're doing Hulkbuster right there, we're at 14, right? Right. And so if we're adding a fourth character, it has to be affiliated, but we could totally do Gamora or Ronan. Right. Or we could go five wide and run two twos which would be something like Rocket and Toad, which I do think is pretty cool. Do I like that more than a four threat? I don't know. What do you think about this team of including Hulkbuster to potentially like go first, grab a hammer, then grab a second hammer and have Angela threaten the other side? Oh man, you're talking about going really tall now. That's interesting. I think it depends on your matchup because in my mind, Hulkbuster is in this team as one of our hard counters for the opponent's big scary characters so if they don't have a big scary character i think that's the time you definitely don't bring hulkbuster i think you just stick with angela and then kind of fill out the rest of the list but if they do have a big scary character i'm very interested to look at what that looks like bring angela and hulkbuster and star lord and starting there because that's 14 right that's an interesting start okay so we also could theoretically say we're not going to do hulkbuster we could do star lord angela and then say we pick one of our fours Ronan or Gamora, right? Right. So now we're at 12. And so we're at 12. So at that point, we could run two threes or a four right. and a two. All good options, honestly, with what the characters we have on the table. Yeah. So then we could take two of our th- tankier threes, maybe one with a, a tanky leaning side and one with more of attrition leaning side. Or we could take someone like we mentioned earlier, like more of a control four, like a Ronin or a Rogue or something, or just an attrition four. And then just a two that's going to sit back and score all game on the back point and then come in late game and maybe do something impactful. Yeah. The four plus a two is probably the thing that seems the least interesting to me to round this right. out. Right. Because I don't think any of the fours really like jump. Now, mind you, there is an aspect of having a two that can sit back on your point and then another four like Medusa or Rogue that mm-hmm. can really go toe to toe with just about anyone. Yeah. Right. Well, there would be some, there would be a pretty good advantage, right? If you can like set up or say like Ronan or Gamora plus like Rogue or Medusa go after one side and Star Lord and Angela go after the other and like both charge up to these two, or maybe even Angela like double moves and goes after your opponent's D that's right in front of their deployment. Right. There's, there's some interesting options if you wanted to go there, but. I feel like with the nerf to Okoye, the power of the threes starts coming to me even more. Yes. And so the idea of being able to bring in Hood or X-23 or Lizard all seem pretty appealing. I am wondering (laughs) if it would be worthwhile of not playing Ronin or Gamora to play a Groot or Drax so that we can do Doctor Strange in Mm. a three. Yeah, that could work. Yeah. Just for the movement um, well, alone, be- because Guardians kind of lack pushing people off points. It's one of their worst aspects. So I'm into that with Dr. Strange. Sure, I mean, that we could do, because if we did start, if we went your route and did Star-Lord, Angela, Rocket, right? Mm-hmm. Then, uh, then we still have eight points. It's quite a bit. And you could do Dr. Strange and a three. And like all of our threes are very interesting. Right. Right. Lizard X-23 hood. I mean, none of those jump out at me in this specific crisis combination. I mean, I I think I would almost rather have Drax and Groot in this particular situation. And then just our one unaffiliated is Dr. Strange. True. But I I also like the idea of having a Drax or Groot as our affiliated on our point and then sending someone like Lizard to their point, you know? Yeah. So that's the interesting part of that strategy. But I don't know. I, I think we need to explore which we're about to do, I think we really need to explore this X-23 potential as well, because something we didn't talk about last episode. And, you know, once again, listeners, if you haven't listened to last episode, make sure you listen to that because we're picking up right where we left off. This is part <laughs> two of last episode. So if you somehow skip that, definitely listen to that first in the feed. But we haven't talked about the potential of Honey Badger with X-23 Omnis. I know these are brand new characters that we don't even have yet, but they have a lot of synergy with each other as well. I don't know. I, something we didn't even bring up last episode. I do like Honey Badger with her whole quasi giving everybody incinerate, you know, around where she's at. Yeah, she's she's interesting. I'm wondering if without the 
for the same reason we're not including Nebula. I think if I was going right. to have a character that wasn't contesting, I think I would rather have Nebula. Yeah. Um, we're not even sure how much X-23 is going to make it. I think why don't we do a build on cubes and see, let's just say we're choosing cubes and we decided to choose extracts first because maybe we're playing against like a web warriors team, right? We didn't want to do the D secures against them because that might be too favorable. Uh, <laughs> right. So we decided to go extracts first and then uh, what, do, what do you think they're playing? Well, let's just say they're playing um, infinity formula. That's good for web warriors, right? They want power. So let's say we end up with cubes and infinity formula. And so we're playing at 17. What do you, what would you build? 17. Okay. First of all, they don't love cubes. So I think that was a good pick against them. I mean, they don't, they can pick them up. We, obviously right? we but, wouldn't get the choice to choose cubes. Just say we chose extracts, mm-hmm. just creating some different situations. So we can kind of see which, which characters we're potentially reaching for more often. Okay. So I think if we start again, potentially with, Star-Lord and Rocket, we're at five and we have 12 left. Now, when we have 12 left, we still got to stay affiliated, right? So are we doing the normal getting our Groot or Drax just as a three threat to keep our affiliated with three models and just putting them on a side point? I mean, I feel like if we're going first, you still got to grab Angela and have her grab the center cube and then move back to one of the Infinity Formula spots. I'm down with that, but I also really down with bringing Groot with his own healing with cubes and just web warriors probably can't kill him period on a, <laughs> on a, on a D point. So yeah, I like him overall. So, I mean, I would go, I like the idea of star Lord Groot. Angela is 11. So right. then we could run two other threes, two other threes, right? You said 17, right? Mm-hmm. Or rocket in a four, right? Same, same yeah, sort of but situation. I like the idea of bringing in another. Th- this is the reason why we put Lizard and X23 and Hood exactly. on the list is the healing for for these situations. Yeah, I think Just we could head. if we were. Yeah, I mean, Lizard and X20. I mean, if we're in this situation, right. which of these characters would we want to bring the most? And this is where maybe we start narrowing things down. Like Lizard's an easy pick. He's not super offensive. X-23 gives us more of a mixed bag. Like, she's already got some reroll tech. She's probably going to be able to... She might even win some matchups against four-threat characters. That's true. But also, don't you think, inversely, like, Gamora and Rocket, like, Rocket sitting on a back point, and Gamora just diving into the Web Warriors team and just cleaning house, frankly, because they're not going to survive against Gamora in their face. And then Angela's coming around the other side. I mean, that's that's interesting, too. I mean, that's that's a different type of threat. It's more attrition, I know. It's less on the cube strategy. But if they even have cubes, are they going to hold them that long, the Web Warriors, if yeah. Gamora's in their face? I mean, my instinct is, I mean, we have Groot. So that's already one character that can potentially handle the healing himself he has to activate same as like lizard or x23 would have to activate to to trigger the healing he has to spend power to do it so there is some good reason where like if if the way that the math works out right i could say if we were playing this at 18 right like Mm -hmm. if if this was a slight if we're playing cubes plus spider portals for instance and we were playing it at 18 I definitely like the idea. The problem is then I don't love Groot in that, <laughs> but we could play the four. Like, yeah. so say for example, if we were doing cubes and spider portals at 18, I like star Lord, Angela Ronan as the core. Okay. That's nine twelve, And then we could bring in two threes and I would love any combination. Well, hood to a lesser degree. I think I would prefer, Lizard and X23 as they have three energy defense and Hood doesn't. Right. And then that would give us Angela can grab from the middle and then back up somewhere else and then still interact with it. Lizard yep. and X23, whereas they can't interact with the portals and pick things up, but they can pick things up and then they're healing it back every round, yep. which I think is super sweet. I don't yeah, think the it's only drawback of the cube. Yeah. Yeah, so they're just building up power to, like, unleash on people. And it means that X-23, doesn't her extra attack thing, isn't that just cost two? I believe so, yeah. So she's now would be in a situation where she can always do that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's going to date, she, she'd have to daze someone anyway, so she's going to get power off of that, so that's probably not a not a huge deal. Oh, God, I forgot that she's healing factor two. Yeah, she's got what Logan has, so... 
You know, she also she has the, the, the Zemo reroll sort of, but only for herself, which yeah. is fine. You know, attacking defense. She's just consistent. Like you said, like she, she is something to go toe to toe with someone of her threat or even potentially higher every time on a side point. And that's what I like about her. Yeah. And her, she's got a solid spender. Claw rush is good. And so I can see yeah. her using the extra power from cubes to get off like claw rushes in combinations with adamantium slashes to just start like laying havoc into enemy into enemy characters. Yeah. And I could see her being a first activation. She could put a lot of pain out with, you know, a reroll token. She could easily have an opportunity to get like three attacks in. Hmm. I'm into that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot of there. So I'm starting to lean away from hood a little, but I like the, I like the option to bring in X 23 and lizard. I think lizards are just solid bet. He's our medium base, medium mover. He's really fast. He can get to the opponent's D points pretty easily. X 23 is kind of our, as you said, one V one or where she can just kind of hold yeah. her own. Especially with the reroll token. She might even beat like some two V ones. Like she could, especially if someone's been softened up. Yeah. She doesn't have a charge, but with the combination of claw rush giving her a medium movement, um, I think there's still a fair amount of situations where people try to gang up on her. She could do a lot of work. Yep. Of course, her weakness is mystic, just like Wolverine, but I think you can plan for that, of course. But yeah, something we can look at here in a minute. If we're bringing her in in something like spider portals, right, she may Mm -hmm. not be able to throw people off. But I think a lot of the mystic attack characters you don't tend to use as much in that situation because very few of the mystic attackers outside of, say, like Scarlet Witch have really good energy defense. That's very true. Yeah. And most of the mystic attackers don't like physical attacks. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of those don't like getting attacked by her either. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, do you have another, um, like crisis combination you want to throw at me? Ooh. Well, I guess the better question is, is like, what are we going to do on the really high threats? Because that's something I don't think the guardians love. I think they can handle. So yeah, let's see one. The instance you gave earlier, like a 20 threat or a 19 threat. So yeah, let's hmm. do like a, like a demons downtown. That's probably the most overplayed crisis. So someone throws demons downtown at us. We're going to play at 19. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's say we chose extracts. Um, Okay. So if we chose extracts, it's an F or a D, right? So the demons say we're doing spider infected because we haven't talked about that one yet. So let's say we chose spider infected or we got stuck with spider infected and Mm -hmm. then they chose secures and you know, maybe this was like black order for instance. Right. Right. And we didn't want to, we didn't feel comfortable playing into black order with them choosing scrolls or alien ship, that sort of thing. We thought it would be better for us to take our extracts um, that are very spread out, which might cause more problems for black order. And they got demons. And frankly, demons or Terrigen Mists, we can still handle that, right? Yeah. Like, we don't love the high threat, but we can handle that easily. So, yeah. So, what would you do on that situation with the 19th threat there? So, we have Spider Infected and Demons Downtown. Okay. So and I just keep thinking of Crew of the Milano over and over again in my head. We'll come, <laughs> we'll come back to that in the future, but well, you know. Crew of the Milano is okay. I wish that it, it got so much better recently, though. I'm just, there's so many more conditions in the game. And I think right. something like Demons Downtown, that's the time, you know, that's an obvious what I, what there. I don't like about it is it doesn't protect you from getting re incinerated that round because the new incinerate happens at the beginning of the next round after it's already sure. ended. Mm-hmm. And so it's only protecting you during that one turn. If it were something where at the end, like it was in the cleanup phase that everyone got incinerated, then like, boom, 100%. But yeah, maybe you just got to look at it more like the amount of characters that exist in the game. Now that give out conditions is incredibly high compared to when it came out. And I think that's the biggest part of it where it's like, you're fighting teams like defenders or midnight Suns or even the spider foes, which is my favorite villain team. There's a lot of conditions being thrown at you left and right. And just ignoring all conditions for one round could help you survive against another attrition team like that, or just a team that's trying to control you. But again, so like in this particular example, mm-hmm. not that we're talking about tactics cards a ton yet, but black order doesn't actually throw out that many conditions. Sure. You've got the build, the spender from Proxima, yes. but outside of that, it's just the incinerates from the ex- so from the secure. Mm-hmm. Right. Almost, I mean, depending on what their other character is. But Our let's team say does they're not doing... love incinerate, though. It does not love incinerate, in my mind. <laughs> yes. I mean, a couple of them can handle it, but most but of them But I'm not don't sure like... anybody loves incinerate. No. Uh, um, but okay, well, let's talk about the build, though. So if I'm thinking about 
um, spider infected and right. demons. One of the first characters that comes to mind for me is potentially Groot. Yep, definitely. I think he's reasonably tanky. He's someone who could potentially tank an attack or two from Corvus and then live through it. And so he's not, he's definitely seems like not Corvus's first choice to try mm-hmm. to get off the table. And so I think having an option like that, um, that could really backfire on your opponent, um, giving us access to We Are Groot as another healing card in that yep. small clustered area is also good. So Groot is probably my first pick after Star Lord. This is a situation I think Doctor Strange starts really looking appealing to me. Right. Um, what about if the he, choice as well? Mm, I could go back and forth on this, but I don't think this is a situation where he really stands out. Because mm-hmm. if that first activation spike on him from a Corvus activation, like this, I mean, he's going to get to go last. So he's going to get to push multiple people off point. So maybe it is worth it. That's all I'm thinking. And just like yeah. he can control their big attrition threats, right? From coming in on your team. Yeah. We're not going to have priority anyway. But mm-hmm. I mean, I don't hate the idea. If, if they all fit in, and I'm not sure we would want Angela, Doctor Strange, and Hulkbuster all on the same team. Maybe we do. I mean, we'll we'll I don't see how so. it builds out. <laughs> but hypothetically, Doctor Strange, Hulkbuster, Star Lord, Groot, that's 17, and then maybe mm-hmm. Rocket to 19. Yeah. I think would be very interesting. I mean, they have the places and stuff, so they can get Rocket away from Groot. But at the same time, if their one character they kill that round is Rocket, like if they put an attack into Rocket, (laughs) get, you know, a few power out of it, and then get one more attack into Groot, I don't think they're killing Groot. No. The real question with that particular roster, Omnis, is like, do we have enough bodies to get the spider infected that we feel comfortable with where it's like if rocket and Groot are mid on the demons downtown and presumably hulkbuster is too if they put their big threat in the middle i think we are angela enough well angela's not in that but i think in well yeah would we we still probably want angela to grab the middle and back up yeah Mm -hmm. that's what i'm saying so maybe we can't run dr strange in that situation because I think and this might be the calling for, for Doctor Strange at this point, too. If we are going Hulkbuster, that's the, what I'm talking about before, where it's like, this is where it gets hard. You know, we're cutting these interesting characters for certain reasons, like you said, certain matchups, certain crises. Yeah. So if Hulkbuster is our person that we're leaning into, like the, for this control and, you know, the high threat on certain crises, like, do we have even a place for someone like Doctor Strange? Mm, this is very true. Very true. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree there. Yeah. Um, cause I do like what Hulkbuster would potentially do in the situation. He doesn't have to deal any damage, but he could keep Thanos and Corvus kind of constantly out of position as long as Perfect. he doesn't go down. Mm-hmm. Love that. But we don't have really any other bodyguards. Let's so not also forget just- that Hulkbuster like ruins like Dormammu and Magneto's day. So if you just encounter one of them, like I just take him. Because just making <laughs> making them move is like a quasi stagger for those characters, you know. And when, and when you're that high of a threat model, it's really rough. And it's like we talked about with Hulk too. I feel like with in person events happening more than they have the whole time this game's life has been out. Frankly, we're just going to see more Hulk in general. So Hulkbuster might be worth a consideration just as a counter to keep Hulk away. You know, it's it's worth looking at. Okay, so let's say we do Star Lord, Angela, Hulkbuster. So there we're at 14. So we'd have five more. Okay. The the thing, this might actually be a situation where I'm not 100% I want to go Rocket Groot. I mean, what it if could definitely went, work. What if you went Rocket and then like one of these three threats we've been talking about that can handle themselves to go get a spider effect and come back to the team later? That's true. There's also a part of me that would potentially switch Rocket for Toad in this particular situation. Okay, as Toad like is pretty pretty hard to take down in a single activation or if someone like say he spider like he the spider infected move him forward and so they make attacks on him and if they don't mm-hmm. get all five damage in the first one then he can back up very true which i potentially like if we're going to use our two threat to grab one of the other spider infected so maybe more of this is matchup dependent then because then we get into situations where it's like okay we're playing demons downtown deadly do is worth considering depending on the team we're fighting. Now, if we're playing a team that's really good at extracts, that's when it's going to like take over, I think, the Rocket and Groot 
holding the demons and then yeah. doing other characters on other side points. And then you switch probably to toad because you're like, well, I'm fighting a web warrior team. First of well, all, they're not going to go up main street at us. And second of all, they're going to win extracts against me. If I don't have a plan flip side, we could do star Lord, Angela, rocket hulkbuster lizard because yep. one of the things that um they could potentially do to counter the angela play is zemo is a very common fourth character for them and they could position if we don't run lizard and we don't run ronin and we don't run gamora we have no other characters that could potentially counter steal an extract on our opponent's side very true. And so if Zemo runs over and grabs one of them on our side, it might be nice to like, cause we're going to have more characters. So we get the final deployment. So we could wait and deploy lizard opposite to Zemo. So if they decide to run Zemo over, we have the option Man, they've got Proxima two in that situation. So they could set it up on both sides. Yeah, yeah they could, but then they're splitting their husband and wife, right? They have to at that point. So they're losing some yeah, of their black probably, order power. Probably not worth it for them to run Proxima all the way over. They may not risk that, but I still, I just think it's a, it does, it does provide a reason to maybe keep rocket in and include lizard in that situation. Right. I'm just, I think lizards going on our team. I've, I've yeah, decided I feel like I've, he, I keep going back to him and yeah. he's in all my teams right now for a reason. I think he's just a good starting point. And then if you need to specialize, you turn him into something else, but he's just so completely consistent and solid. And what I like about him, guardians lack a lot of pushes and throws. I mean, they, they have Drax for the throw, of course, but he does give you not consistent pushes, but he does give you pushes on his builder and a tanky character sitting on their D pushing characters off things. I think he's our man, you know? Yeah. He sounds good. Okay. Let's do a, let's do a low threat build. Kind of see if anything else comes to mind. So let's say, let's say someone chooses sword base, Mm -hmm. which I think we don't mind. Let's say that we chose extracts again. And let's just say um, we've kind of talked about each of that. Let's do cubes again. And let's say our opponent is choosing secures and they're going to throw sword at us. And choose 14 threat. What do you, what, what would you want to play in that? I think this is when we start considering not taking Angela. Would you agree? I'm considering it both ways. I'm like, do you want, do we want to try to get to the five characters as cheaply as possible? I think this is when we flex our guardian muscle of not going like full swarm, but we can like at least have one more activation than you. Well, build a, build a team and let's see, (laughs) pitch me on it. Well, it's tough with our team, right? So we, we have to have. I think Starlord and Rocket to start if we're this low of threat. So that's five. So then we only have we're uh, gonna have Starlord, Starlord, Star Rocket. I so feel like you're gonna run left. Rocket on Sword. We need Groot. Yep, absolutely. And it's still kind of a rough situation for them because Rocket could potentially get pushed away. If they win the crisis, they could push Rocket or Groot away from each other. They could, but are they brave enough to go over there and fight Rocket and Groot on fourteen threat? You know what I mean? Like where it's like, do they really want to go? to them over there. I don't know. So if we go Rocket, Groot, Star-Lord, we're at eight. Then so we, we have six do, left. Or two threes? Yeah, we could either do like a Lizard and X-23. We could do a Lord Kenny, yeah. Or we could do a Gamora or Ronin plus like a Toad. I'm not sure Toad brings much anything to this table because he's not getting us one more activation because we don't have three twos. So then it's like, would it just be it's more just consistent? just him pushing us into like being able to run a four is really the... Yeah, but I like that. I mean, I mean, we, we're going five wide, right? Either way. Yeah. So it gives us a decent five wide option with a lot of characters that we're talking about. What would what would an attrition team look like on this? Because one of the things, if someone's going running five wide on this, they tend to have some relatively fragile characters. Right. We might be able to take advantage of that. I mean, I think Hulkbuster, even though he could just push people off and like totally take advantage of these points, he might be too much. Because even just him and Star-Lord is nine. And so we yeah. could run a three and a two. And so I don't love that. If we did an Angela and Star-Lord, we're at eight. And so we could run two threes. That's true. Yeah. That's not enough activations for sword base in my mind. Especially when well, we're the, the Guardians is, team. Yeah. But if you, I mean, if you win priority, someone's going to kill someone on that sword team right away. <laughs> Yeah, but bringing what you're talking about with the attrition, like it's like if we do go Ronin or Gamora, I feel like they just like run the table wherever they're at, you know, because we're at 14 threat and with rerolls, like and we can still pro- do that. Like you can yeah. run, you can run Star Lord Angela and then Gamora or Ronin plus a mm-hmm. two threat. Yeah, it's true. 
I still like the five wide idea because I think it's. I mean, I think I both think are feasible. St- I think we still have more punch at five wide than almost anybody. And that's kind of the guardian strength where it's like I mentioned earlier last episode, they can punch above their weight class in attrition. That's kind of their thing, even without the winging it tokens. And then you add winging it tokens, make that more consistent. It gets really interesting. Let's also not forget that like, you know, Groot's got range three now, which is a huge improvement because <laughs> he hits decently. I just don't think Groot's going down on 14 threat on sword base. Like, I just don't think I think it'd be that. really easy to not be able to pull that off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's cross some stuff off. We haven't really put hood into anything. We kind of figured Dr. Strange is probably not making the cut. Right. We, we didn't end up bringing up Loki a single time. No, we didn't end up thinking about Medusa. Let's see. Where does that put us at? If we run, we have one extra character. If That's we're if doing we run, Star Lord, Angela, yeah. Rocket, Gamora, Groot, Ronan, Drax, Lizard, X-23. That's two extra characters. If we're keeping in Rogue and Toad. So we're keeping one of the Guardians Force for sure, I think. Yeah. For affiliation purposes. is Does Rogue really outplay either Ronan or Gamora in this particular situation? Like, they give us a lot of flexibility. Mm. Like, having Gamora or Ronan, if we're having a second four doesn't it potentially make sense for us to keep it as the guardian? Cause we have had situations. We've liked both of them. It's tough. It's yeah. more like, are we taking a guardian four, and then we're taking a, a different four. Are we taking two guardian fours? Or are we just taking one guardian four? Yeah. Cause I keep going back to the one four period. I really love rogue. Like I think she can do a lot and just having a guaranteed throw on her spender is just huge because it's a huge missing spot in the guardians lines. If they don't have a ton of pushes and throws, but Hmm. It's tough. I, I really want to play Gamora. So it's kind of yeah. biased. I'm kind of right in the now. same boat. I want to test her out more. Well, I think what I mentioned earlier, Omnis, is like when we play these lower threats, I think she cleans house. Like I think she can just like attrition out the other team with no recourse, essentially, if you're playing her correct, right? If you're going in at the right times, like that. Now, Maybe. Ronan's a bit more consistent. It's kind of a a different thing going on here, you know? All right. Well, let's break away from the fours. I feel like we've got to cut a three. We're at five threes with Star-Lord, Groot, Drax, Lizard, and X-23. I think one of them has to go for sure. And, and you already cut Hood? This is already cutting Hood. We're still at five. Star-Lord, Groot, Drax, X-23, that's four? And Lizard. And Lizard. Okay, so let's get it down to four is what you're saying. Yeah. Do we get rid of Drax for Lizard or do we just get rid of Lizard? So I'm thinking we cut Drax. Just be convinced that we're going to play Groot all the time, essentially. Not all the time, but you know what I mean? Like most of the time. Well, I think the only time that we wouldn't really want to play Groot is potentially on spider portals. So is there any math on spider portals that we feel like Groot is essential Probably so, not, but Lizard can help around spider portals because he does have more movement. Right. And that's what I mean. I was like, those, we could, we could play those. I don't think there's any situation, like any, any math that makes us need to play Groot in that situation. Star Lord, Angel, and a four threat puts us at 12. If someone wanted to play us at 15, right? We just bring in one more and we could bring Lizard or X23. And then if someone wanted to make us play at 16, we could again potentially keep it at four characters and play Gamora and Ronan or Rogue. Like all of those would potentially work. Okay. And then at 17, again, we could run a three and a two. I mean, I would like total slightly more in that situation than Rocket, but mm-hmm. it's not the not the worst thing. So, yeah, I don't think we need Drax. I can't think of any situation where he's mission critical. I like him. I think he's better than a lot of people give him credit for, but I think for this roster, we can cut him. Yeah, I like the throw, but outside of that, we can we can cut him. I agree. Now, there's a trend happening, Amos. I know we're not tack cards yet, but are we filled up now? Are we at 10 models? We have one extra still. If we have Star-Lord, so, Angela, Rocket, Gamora, Groot, Ronan, that's six. Here by plea here for potentially another two. If we go s- super low threat, we can actually go six wide. Potentially. Well, we still That's Toad cool. is still in the list. I don't think we add a third two. We could though, is what I'm saying. I understand. What, I, I just think like Bullseye and Honey Badger in particular are worth contention because we're starting to have some synergies with X23 healing factor, some other things. Also, something we didn't mention last time: Honey Badger does have a tactics card where she can contest objectives yeah, for a round, it, and then it comes back to her hand. How much does it cost again? It costs two. That's the drawback. Yeah. We got to get it down to 10 before we move it back. 
up one. Yeah, I'm just so mentioning it now while we're here yeah. because I, I'm noticing a healing factor trend, which I'm very into because I think we're gonna. I think we should play the tactic card, as you know, I'm about to say. But mm, I see where be, you're going with this because I, if we're gonna do these aggressive D plays, with lizard or X23 or something like that, we actually have the healing factor tack card where they're not gonna die. You know. For that activation, the Odin's Blessing Healing Factor Attack card. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of interesting things going on that I think we're surprised people with our guardians because it's not stereotypical guardians. Yeah, so I'm into. Um, it. I mean, I would like, I would potentially like to keep Toad in as a second two. Right. I don't really want to cut him. I don't think. I think we would really struggle to cut another three because one of our threes is a leader, and I like the option of Groot, Lizard, and X twenty three. So that makes yep. me think that we either have to cut one of the fours and get down to two, or we have to cut Hulkbuster. We're definitely going down two fours. I don't see okay, any reason then for let's, four let's for just, three. Let's just do it. Let's figure out which one we're going to cut. Rip the bandaid I mean, off. Yeah, yeah. I think cutting Rogue is the e- easiest as she's unaffiliated. Yeah, but I do think she does cool things for the team. This is hard for me to say because I love Ronan. I think Rogue's about to be one of the most represented fours in the game just because she's got a lot of consistency in her kit. And I if love Ronan. If you convince me to cut Ronan, I am going to hurt inside for a long time. <laughs> well, it's interesting Omnis, as this episode has progressed because you, you kind of brought the curveball of we're playing all Ds. And then I, I kind of brought the curveball of why don't we just play all Ds and Fs and extracts? And that's kind of making us play guardians in a different way like we have attrition spikes but we're kind of like come at us we're on a point we're even a pushing on your points and choosing questions at the opponent so in a weird way that makes me say are we cutting gamora and we're keeping ronin as an affiliated for and we're doing an unaffiliated for to help us on certain matchups i mean gamora and rogue do kind of do a similar thing right mm. the more more i think about it gamora has a pseudo charge rogue has a charge right they're both fairly heavy hitting characters rogue does it through her superpower to accent like her attacks and she has a throw they have similar health gamora has the martial prowess and stealth to help her out rogue has an extra physical defense and and she has uh invulnerability yeah and immunity Um, poison as well Mm, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yep. And like losing Gamora, there was no situation where we were talking about running dual affiliated force. That never came up. I mean, no. obviously, maybe we find one situation where we would have liked to do that. Yeah. The one thing that Rogue doesn't have over Gamora is that she can't do uh, an aggressive extract play because she doesn't have the base size or long move. But it would be but, fun to try Rogue in this. Rogue does look does super fun in Guardian. Yeah, she does have flight. And, she's a flyer. Um, she's tanky. She fits our, like... She has a great spender that gives you an auto throw. So it's like, even if you don't hit dice on the spender, you're just getting an auto throw of a size three character. Okay. Let's just commit to it and say, if you if you don't have Rogue yet, or you want to keep in yep. Gamora, they kind of fill a slightly similar role in theory. So we'll drop Gamora for now. I'm so, sorry. Correction. Size four throw on her spender. <laughs> I know it's like she has so many great ways to spend the power that she gets out of it to like mm-hmm. increase that, increase that like wins one on one matchups that we were kind of aiming for in theory. So yeah, Gamora is more spiky. And if we're not going super wide, I feel like Gamora is actually best in the super wide teams because she can late activate. She can kind of like last first, you know, in a weird mm-hmm. way from other miniatures games. But it's like, and this seems like we're going for control. Yeah, the stealth no. doesn't help us as much when we're going all Ds, right? Because most people can't shoot you from there anyway. Right. Or if they're doing the hit and runs, they might be able to get within three anyway and then back up. So, okay. So we've, we've got a core team then. Star-Lord, okay. Angela, Rocket, Groot, Ronin, Lizard, X-23, Hulkbuster, Rogue, and Toad. That's all 10. That's all 10. All right. Well, let's talk tactics <laughs> cards then for this. I want We Are Groot. Can we just say we are Groot and Deadly Duo for sure? Like, and not that we're not that we're going to take them every game, but I feel like they are. If we're playing Groot almost every game, which it sounds like we are, these yeah, cards take are worth bringing. To work in Deadly Duo into a lot of situations, so I think we, we, we put two. it in to start. Do we want no, Crew of the Milano love- or um, Lovable Misfits? I was considering them strongly, but that would be let's be four cards. I think we can afford that with Guardians, honestly. Um, okay. Well, it's tentatively put them in. Yeah. I'm not sure I want lovable misfits in the long run, but I know it if is we random. don't need the spot, 
Well, it's just, I don't see, we're not talking about that many situations where we're going to run four plus guardians. True. Maybe a couple. So I don't think it comes in enough, but maybe we'll keep it in for now. All right. And, uh, crew. Okay. So what are our restricted cards? This is where it gets tough. Now we have, we are Groot, so we've got a healing card. So do we want to kind of double down in a way where we, we kind of tell our opponent like, hey, I have a restricted healing card and I have We Are Groot. I can kind of flex I different love, ways. I'm a, I'm a double down sort of guy. So uh, I, I think this is a good way to go then. Yeah. Yeah. I want, I would like to have med pack if you're cool with it. It's almost an auto include in most rosters until I switch it out if I have to. So okay. yeah, I agree. Second one. I think with our primary plan of being D's, I don't yep. think we take brace. Well, maybe. But um, the the uh, the Medusa Black Bolt one. Now the the name is escaping me all of a sudden. But arrivals, yeah. I don't think that fits for us. I agree. Yeah, with, with the spread. Yeah, but I am considering um, blind obsession. If you if I already said it because I did. Oh, <laughs> let, let's just put it. I'm a good, don't have to sell me. I'm in on blind obsession. That goes. In. I mean, if X three three is on a side point and she blind obsesses like her opponent, like she's just gonna yeah. win. Or we're, all, or we're talking about winning these one-on-ones and stuff. I love blind yep. obsession. I'm sold, brother. I'm sold. Like it's so. What's in. our second? So our second restricted card. Are we considering field dressing? And I think the answer to this is probably because we have some healing factor characters. Field dressing gets a little bit more interesting, even paired with we are Groot. I don't know. There's there's things there. Yeah, I think the the downside of it with our primary plan being D's. There's a lot of yes. probability of when someone goes down, they may not have anyone close enough to them to do it, but. It's not an it's like it's a solid card in general. Our team overall versus throws is okay, right? Groot and Angela have four physical defense, so does Rogue and Lizard. Rogue and Lizard right. have invul. Ronin's only a three, Star Lord's only a three, Rocket is immune. Mm-hmm. Hulkbuster does like access to Brace. That has been one of the big ways. Even though he's four physical, he can't mm. do his damage reduction against a throw, and it's often a big throw whittles him down. I would not hate doing Brace in this situation with what we've got. I'm, yeah, I'm fine with Brace or Field Dressing, so if you want to do Brace, we can do it, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm leaning towards Brace. So a common card that I just gen- generically love is Climbing Gear. Definitely. It helps people get people back on points. I think it fits our plan. I would like to include it if you would like to. Yeah, I would too. I think it helps Groot a lot with his short movement and also Hulkbuster, of course, because ideally, as you said earlier, Hulkbuster can double tap, move two threats away. That's what we want. So we're going to pay for Climbing Gear if we can do that. Okay. We've got two more. We've got two more cards. Um, well, I've got the one I mentioned earlier, exceptional healing. Yeah, there are. I mean, there's a couple different situations here where we've talked about running lizard and X 23 at the same time. I'm not yeah. opposed to it. It's a good get out of jail free card with that. Now that we have 10 cards, we can really consider cards like this where it's like, okay, the times I'm running lizard and X 23, I'm, I'm definitely bringing exceptional healing. Right. But outside of that, that's when it gets interesting, right? Like, would you take it with just one of them, which is X-23 or something? Okay, so we have a 10th card to potentially work out. I honestly, I don't see anything that's mission critical. So maybe lovable misfits can stay. Yeah. As I'm trying to think of a card that I feel like the team desperately needs. So along the lines (laughs) of our... Hey, we're we're trying to win those one-on-ones. Is there any other cards that you can think of that were that we've let slide? I don't really think so. I mean, Lizard's card is worth talking about. I don't know if it's worth it in our yeah. list in particular. I like um, his card. I just really don't strong. think he is going to have the power to play it. An exceptional healing. I, I'm not sure I want two cards for Lizard. Is I think we're talking about playing him a fair amount, but I think Grievous Wounds is worth considering. Yeah, or maybe even a disarm. Mm, uh, because we're, disarm. we're trying to win those 1v1s, right? You know, but we're also kind of spread out, right? If we're going to play a lot of these, I think disarm is a little harder to utilize because you may not have two characters within range three. And we already do have blind obsession, right? Yep. Are, you said it. I put it. I wrote it down. I was all in. Yep. No argument. So I was making sure. So I don't know if dis- disarm might be overkill in that way where it's like, because I feel like, like you said, we want to disarm the character that's furthest away, but then can they actually disarm with their ally nearby? So, hmm, tough. This okay. is the funny thing about Guardians. Like, they don't have the issue most teams have. Like, I think a card like Exceptional Healing got pretty easy, easily slotted in our list here because it was like, they don't have a bunch of affiliated or named character cards that you have to take, you know? 
they just got a few. So okay. I got a I got a, a spicy pick. Okay. Fall back. It comes with Hulkbuster, unaffiliated, right. reactive. When an allied character is attacked before damage is dealt, may spend two to play this card. This character may advance short away from the attacking character. Okay. I think this is a card that could theoretically help us win these one-on-one matchups, right? The main thing is, is that you don't get power from the initial attack before you play this. So you have to have two power ready to go, Mm. but it could set up this situation where like just say for the characters who can move back on, like say star Lord, for instance, if he walked up to a spider, not a spider portal, but like one of the cosmic invasion portals or extremist console, and he didn't spend any power in the first round, so he has two. If someone attacks him, and you know you're going to take two damage from that shot, and so it's before damage is dealt, you choose. So you're going to see how much damage they're doing. Oh, wow. You could go, okay, he's going to take three or four damage out of this, so I'm going to play fall back to move short out of range so he can't do a second attack on me, and then Star-Lord gets to follow it up and go hit and run, you know, if they maybe they're still within range four, he gets to shoot them, move back onto the point, shoot him again. We cut Gamora, and so she was another one that I thought would potentially synergize with this reasonably well. Angela might be able to pull it off as well. Um, Hulkbuster could potentially do it, and Rogue is also potentially good at it. Um, what do you think about Fall Back being our 10th card? Yeah, I'm into that. Anything that's going to help us with those side points, unless we have something else that would be better, I, I think. Grievous really Wounds is interesting if we want to stop some healing. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the two cards that are at the top of my list. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Th- those are both good. What do you? I'll let you make the final decision. What's our 10th? I guess the question with Grievous Wounds is how much are we going to do that sort of like scalpel-focused attrition? We've got a solid attrition plan here. Angela, Angelo, Rogue, X-23... They all seem like they could easily, even Rocket, all seem like they could easily spend a power for a Grievous Wounds to, like, prevent, a, you know, a field dressing or something. Yeah, so I guess that's the question. It's like, do we take Grievous Wounds over fallback for that reason? Because we have our double down of med pack, essentially, with We Are Groot. Yeah. And are we worried about the fallback scenario I think or not? Grievous Wounds helps us a little more when we don't get to choose the, do mm-hmm. we feel advantaged enough when we're choosing the secures that we can use this 10th card to help us out when we don't get to choose? And maybe we're playing on Gamma Wave or something like that. And I think Grievous Wounds would potentially help more. I like that because I think you and I talked about many times potential scenarios coming up where we're, we're just going to choose extracts because we feel more confident. Okay. So Grievous Wounds helps better. us solve when we don't get to choose. So we're going to go with that then. Right. Yeah. Okay. I think so. So we've got a core team here. We are, uh, we're definitely pushing the limits of our, of our second episode. Um, what do you think overall of this? What do you, how do you like what we've built? I know it wasn't your full on super wide, but right. it's got wide options, right? Like you could go Star Lord, Rocket, Groot. If you really, I guess you have to run a four. So you, you would go Star Lord, Rocket, Groot, Ronin. Mm-hmm. And right there you're at, uh, 12. And so at 18, you can run six or actually at 17, you could run six. So we yeah. got, we got semi wide, right? We got semi wide for you. <laughs> That's true. No, I'm into it. I think it's gonna be fun. It's more of a secure focused guardians, which is pretty interesting. It's, it's less about the amount of bodies there and it's more about individual bodies there that can take it. So it's kind of a different approach. The swarm would be more like multiple bodies and you just kind of send them in, you know, Sam or yeah. original Star Lord style. Lots this of missiles. Is, yeah, this is more like we have people who can take it. We have special tools like exceptional healing. If we're taking two healing factor characters where it's like, not only can they take it, but they can survive and they can healing factor and come back and hit you for even harder. We got a lot of cool options. I'm pretty excited about the only change I would consider making, which I don't know if it's worth it. Omnis would be like, let's say Hulkbuster doesn't work out or let's just say that like, and you swap him for a lower threat character to potentially go wider at lower threats, but then just like, you're yeah, still I think if you swap Hulkbuster for Drax, right? Right. Or yeah, or if even you swap Hulkbuster for Drax Nebula or Nebula or something. Yeah, yeah. You could switch it to a wide plan almost instantly, and I think it would still function. I think you could keep all the cards the same, 
Yeah. And that if you if you like this core plan and you like the idea of going after the D's, you could just straight up switch Hulkbuster for Nebula and then boom, all of a sudden it's it feels kind of super wide. I and think I feel like maybe in, that, in, in that scenario, okay. I think you also switch potentially Toad to Honey Badger and you bring her counts for mm. objectives card what? because then you're like super wide and you're kind of scary attrition and you've got like a subtly different change on what we already have, but you're still playing the same game where it's like, we're going to win these, but you might be winning them more through attrition in that game than our game, where we're just kind of, we're going to sustain through, and then we're going to attrition you back when you deal damage to us and give us power. So it's, it's kind of like, what do you want to play? And I really find this, the list we have very interesting, but you know, adding another two is another interesting strat as well. I like the Hulkbuster insurance right now because I've been playing Sam for months and months and months a lot at local tournaments and on TTS and I've been bringing Hulkbuster as just a insurance against these high threat models, you know, and, but I rarely play him. Honestly, <laughs> he's, he's just mean, there as like a flex. I tested him a fair amount in my, some of my Avengers teams. And then I also tested him uh, in my midnight or Suns rosters. Right. I liked him. I liked him quite a bit. There was a lot of times where I was like, I need to change this roster to make it a little bit easier for me to work in Hulkbuster. We didn't even mention Helios laser at all, which is, a form I don't, of I wouldn't play it with in a different way. Yeah, I tried it with Hulkbuster. I ran into almost a perfectly optimal situation to use it and felt like it oh. was the wrong decision. Because it wasn't enough? Well, it was that I needed Hulkbuster's attacks with the pushes and such were more important than using one of his attacks to like pick off a key piece in the back. Like it was so perfect. I had like eight power on an Okoye who I knew was gonna mm. die before she got yeah. to activate. It felt like the most possible opportune moment where I could have loaded up a pretty big Helios laser, but I felt like it was the wrong decision because I needed, I needed the attacks from Hulkbuster to do other things than that. That's fair. Yeah. And I, I definitely think it's a better card on Corset Iron Man than Hulkbuster in particular, because once again, I feel like Hulkbuster, he's this unique tanky control piece against high threat models. So he, he's, I don't know. Like he's always good in particular, but hey, you could flip this good. roster and switch Toad to Nebula and Hulkbuster to Iron Man, work in Helios laser. Oh man. Go full swarm. Yeah. <laughs> I think you could you could swarm it up a bit. Still yeah. be pretty tanky. Like I think that you could flex it and kind of accomplish similar things where instead of going for more good one on one matchups, you could create some where you're like, All right, I've got some decent one on ones, but then I've got a two V one over here. I like you know, that. that sort of thing. The only reason I'm so particularly interested in Honey Badger is because we have Laura in our roster and like the synergy with the two of them. And then of course the ankle biter where she doesn't count for objectives unless she uses her card, but she does give everyone incinerate range one of her. So it's kind of this weird, like she's for sure helping you win the D point, even though she's not contributing to it. So it's one of those weird things where it's like, we'll have to see how she actually plays out in the game. She's so new. Like we, we don't even have her here in America. So I think Nebula is the obvious choice if you go that route, because she's just a consistent yeah. damage affiliated. healer too. That's affiliated. Yeah. She also still, heals and she doesn't have exceptional healing, but she still heals herself. Yes, she does. Yeah, not bad. I, I like that we mixed in some newer characters into this build, right? Because we Absolutely, got yeah. X-23, Hulkbuster, and Rogue all kind of worked in. Uh, yeah, and we talked about Hood a lot, and I think you could if you like Hood, you could switch out X-23 for Hood and play a similar strat where it's like the healing Hood, then you go into the demon Hood and deal a bunch of damage, you know? Um, and I think if we're playing your more original plan of 2D, the 2Ds that aren't pay-to-flips and then mm -hmm. Infinity form Formula, yeah. I think it would be easier to slot in Hood. That's probably it. Yeah, you're right. I like but, this roster a lot. It's really fun. The yeah, defense rolls are going to be fun too. Like, <laughs> feels like it has lots of potential to just like be taking out characters left and right and just confounding opponents. Well, something you can do with Star Wars New Leadership too, Omnis, where is like ask questions of your opponent, where it's like you could put the Winged Token on Laura on a side point, and but like you actually want to go with someone on your other side point. Let's just be clear, though, for a second. Winging it token. She can have one token. Yeah, yeah that's right. You, you were plural there for a moment. It's like, listeners, that yeah. is one change. I have seen people so, try to put three tokens on the same character now. Mm, you cannot do that. Yeah, it's one token with three rolls. Two dice get to re-roll per that's token. Right. I said three rules. I meant three characters. So three, three characters, tokens. each getting yep. one token that allows two dice to be rerolled. Right. So it's an interesting question you can pose to your opponents where it's like, I give Laura a token and then I give Rocket a token. I haven't played Deadly Duo yet. And then I 
maybe give someone else a token. Let's throw in a lizard or something who's on their aggressive point. But sometimes just like blind obsession, they can force choices out of your opponent that you didn't even necessarily intend, right? Because they're threatened by the tokens. Yep. Absolutely. And you can also play blind obsession the same round, right? <laughs> and then really threaten them. And it's like, okay, Laura's blind obsessed and she has a token, but I actually don't want to go with her first. I actually want to go with Star Lord. I didn't give him a token, but I just want to like shoot someone, top him off, and then hit and run backwards and score a point. And then like Laura's just confident she's going to survive, you know? And it, it's just asking questions of your opponent. And I really like that. And I think that's probably the situations you use these tokens with Gamora too. Like I mentioned, the martial prowess getting a substantial buff from this because you don't necessarily have to go with Gamora right away, use the tokens, get that reroll, get that this woman in the galaxy, cleave away, kill him. Like you could ask a question of your opponent. Well, I might not go with Kamori yet. I'll go someone else. So I find that very interesting with the new leadership. Now it's, it's opening up different pathways of play that aren't just purely attrition. It's actually asking questions too. Yep. I agree. All right. Well, I think we've let this episode roll on for about as long as we probably should, but let's do it. Let's do a quick shout out where, where you, where you can be found, Jesse. How do people find Fury's Finest if they're one of like the three people that play MCP that don't listen? So Fury's Finest, we are on all podcast apps at Fury's Finest. You can find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast and Facebook, Instagram and Twitch at Fury's Finest. Of course, you can find me, Jesse, on Twitter at Jesse Aiken. It's just my full name. So at J-E-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. Omnis, where can everyone find you and your show? Well, on Twitter, I am also at the Omnis, typically responding to Jesse's stuff with that's, nerdy that's responses. Yeah. Um, Discord, I'm also the Omnis. You can find me in most places. Feel free to message me with questions. And then the uh, Omnis protocol is on, I believe, all major platforms. If you happen to stumble onto a podcatcher app or something that doesn't have it, you should just be able to load the RSS feed and then they will have it. But uh, man, this has been super fun, Jesse. I'm glad we finally got to do this. We've been talking about it for like a month or two. Yeah, we have. And I'm really excited to do it. And we might be doing more Guardians in the future. If not Guardians, something else because we do have a lot of X-Men characters coming out and has been a year since we did our last episode. So returning to that, you know, and Chris is deep in the throes of X-Men. He's declared that he's a mono X-Men player and I love it. Like he's just all in on X-Men. He's just trying to crack it, get good at it. His time is limited with his work schedule to play the game while also being content creator every week, which I completely understand. So he's just kind of chosen, you know, the X-Men gold and blue as his path for the time and um, with some X-Force sprinkled in. And I don't know, there's a lot of interesting things in the future for X-Men, X-Force, all that. And I think we can try to figure it out on this. But like you said, we need to wait for these characters to fully come out, look at their cards, try to. Yeah, I'd love to do another X-Men episode at some point, but I kind of want to give it a few more months and see what other X-Men releases are coming soon in the pipeline so we can kind of do it with more characters in mind. Yeah, I think next maybe we should do that thing you and I alluded to in our... Character you know changes what? episode. Blessed, Let's ask which the is- listeners. Hit us up on Twitter. Respond okay. to either Jesse or myself. Do you want us to do another deep dive into X-Men? Because it's kind of a less than loved affiliation. Or would you mm-hmm. prefer we did a different affiliation? And well, did like a case in point, dive? you and I mentioned like the potential of like the triple leader Avengers. Of course, Hulkbuster is like a, a fringe situation, but like, you know, there's I interesting think it's things less out there. than you think, but sure. No, no, you're right. No. And I think you and I are the few people saying that in the community right now. But, the more I was playing him, the more I thought I was choosing the wrong leadership. And I th- felt more and more that safe. I should have chosen Hulkbuster's leadership. Yeah, but I think Triple Avengers now is probably one of the most viable affiliated team in the game right now. And it's one of those things like no one's really exploring it. Everybody's focused on just either yeah, playing it's Steve the or only playing affiliation Spam. with three leaders. So, well, true, but you can triple affiliate with. A lot of teams now, especially with Dormammu existing, which is a whole nother yeah. thing. I, I, I think if cracked. you're just talking about generic three affiliations, I think there's actually a lot of interesting teams that can triple affiliate. For sure. I would actually say most of those are better than three Avengers leaders. But that's a topic for another time. Yeah. But <laughs> listeners, I think you guys should hit us up on Twitter and mm-hmm. let us know the next time we do one of these, whether it's next month or six months from now, hopefully right. not six months. I'd rather do it sooner. Do you want us to redo... X-Men, or would you like us to hit a totally different affiliation? What do you think? Good questions. Yeah, because there's a lot of interesting affiliations out right now, Omnis, and I feel like we're in a new year. That's what's really exciting about this episode. We're doing one of these right at the front of the year, and I have a feeling 
and I and hope in my heart that this is the year of secondary leaders for existing affiliations. And I've said that on the Danger Room. I said that on other shows. Had me on, and that's what I want in particular. And I'm really excited about yep. that because I think it's really cool. We have triple affiliated vendors now. What if we had more of that in the game? I'm generally pro rounding out existing affiliations more yes. than adding new ones. Let's do it this year. I think it's a good year to yeah. do it. Okay. Well, let's let's wrap things up here, listeners. There is going to be some bonus content. On both sides, That's bonus right. content on released on both sides, and we're gonna dive into some stuff on No Way Home. I know that Fury's Finest had an existing <laughs> episode on it. I'm gonna probably ask some questions of Jesse that did not get answered in his episode, um, and I have not talked about it yet publicly. But I'm, I'm excited to dive into it with Jesse. So that's going to be the bonus episode, totally unrelated to Guardians <laughs> for the most part. We just, we needed an excuse to nerd out on this. So that's what's going to happen next. So that's the bonus episode for Omnis Protocol. That's also uh, a bonus episode for the finest of the Furies. That's right. So we hope you guys enjoy that. So be, be on the lookout for that Asgardian patrons and up. Omnis has been a good conversation. I can't wait f- till our next one because, you know, today we built a, a strange Guardians, not not a crazy. No, Dr. Strange, strange wasn't in there. It's not strange. Right. It's actually right. very normal. Very, very, yeah. very reasonable. Reasonable. I got you build a roster without Dr. Strange, too. So, you know, that's because he wasn't. A, uh, he's it is he's always in consideration. <laughs> He's very solid, so I completely understand, and I know you love him. So, But until next time, thanks for listening, true believers. Omnis, I'll pass it to you. The most OP thing that you can do is hand out three winging it tokens. Cheers. Peace. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Finn Buck says you're wrong. 